And I looked at her in her eyes and I said, do you know you are so valuable to God? And I said, I know that. And you can know it because you got died for by Jesus Christ. And she just had tears. As soon as I said, you're so valuable to God, she had tears just rolling down her face. And uh, I explained to her that Christ paid for all of her sins and that he was buried, that he rose again, and going to heaven was a free gift. And heaven could be hers in this very hour if she would just simply place her faith in Christ. All right, well, I'm here with John Henry, the associate pastor at Northside Baptist Church, Athens, or Northside Church, Athens. Northside right? Baptist Church in It's Athens. off of Danielsville Road in, in uh, Athens, yeah. Georgia. Yeah. John's a good friend of mine. We went to school together, and he's actually going to be speaking at Calvary this weekend, and so we wanted to fire up the microphones and cameras and get you on interview. So congratulations, John, by the way. You're the first interview in the new studio, so. Well, thank you. I'm so thankful <laughs> for the opportunity. Good. Well, I kind of want uh, people to learn about you because, I mean, you know, we're good friends and we're actually traveling to Israel together here pretty yeah. soon. But I want people to know your story and how you got saved, the amount of time that you were saved and serving, and then your decision to go to college. And, you know, we'll talk about that throughout the course of the interview. But can mm -hmm. you maybe start off with your testimony? Tell us how you sure. come to understand that you have eternal life. Sure. I was 10 years old. And uh, I had my oldest brother, his name is Cecil, and he spent a lot of time with me and my sister. And he was saved. He had trusted Christ, and but we had not. Hmm. And so he would he challenge, made us a challenge to give us a quarter for every Bible verse that we learned. And so I grew, we grew up poor. I didn't have. A, you know, a quarter was a lot back yeah. to me, a little 10-year-old boy way back then. So, But he picked out salvation verses. And, you know, uh, Timothy says, From a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Little did I know. I mean, I just learned John 3.16, Romans 5.8, Romans 3.23, verses mm -hmm. like that, salvation verses. And I learned those, but the Lord started working through those verses, and I realized I am lost. Mm -hmm. And uh, my biggest fear was I was scared that I would go to hell. And so, um, but not long after I'd learned those salvation verses, my brother Jim went to the Air Force. He got enlisted uh, to go to Germany. Mm -hmm. So my big influence there was kind of removed, mm -hmm. although my dad and mom knew Christ as their Savior, but... But the Lord began working on me with those verses, and I, and I just couldn't stand it anymore. We've got a big old pasture on our old country farm, and I was down there walking and thinking, like, I don't know I'm going to hell. I, mean, I don't know I'm going to heaven. I, I was scared. And so I, I couldn't stand it no more, Jesse. And I went to my dad and mom, and I said, hey, what does it take to be saved? And they told me it was very clear that if I put my faith in Christ, that I'd get a home in heaven forever. And so mm -hmm. I did. I trusted Christ. Uh, Ten-year-old boy. So, what did you think before? Like, you know, when when people share their testimony, sometimes they I, I hear a lot of people say, "Well, I thought I had to be good enough." That's where I was before I mm -hmm. understood salvation. Like, I thought I had to be good enough, continue doing something, and if I ever stopped, then God would like no longer have any interest in trying to save me. What did you have any kind of preconceived I thing? I, I don't think I had any kind of preconceived thing that I know of. Mm -hmm. uh, it was after. I trusted Christ as my Savior. My brother, who was a big influence. Yeah, Cecil, uh, right? Cecil. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, he had left to go to Germany. My dad and mom were very heavily involved in church. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, I don't remember much of anything from church as far as whether they gave a clear gospel or not. Mm-hmm. I do remember going to vacation Bible school. That was important to me. But my dad was hurt at a church. Mm. And so he just stopped going. That's a so, lot. That's a part of a lot of people's story. I know. Sadly, it. but and, and so I didn't have any influence after I was saved. Uh, so I spent the time from I was ten till the time I was twenty-one, just living for self, really. Yeah. I, and nobody had taught me after you're saved that a, a good thing to do is to walk with the Lord. It's, and right. it's your reasonable service to walk with the Lord. So I w- I spent eleven years just kind of living for myself, saved, but not serving the Lord. And, but uh, when I was 21, my dad asked me to go pass out some tracks with him because he would mm-hmm. go pass out tracks on the street. And at that time, I didn't know it was important to give out a clear gospel track that told you uh, that the only thing that's necessary to go to heaven was to trust Christ as your Savior. That yep. he died on the cross according to scriptures, he was buried, and he rose from the dead according to scriptures. Yep. If you believe in what he did, that Savior in scripture, you could have eternal life as a free gift. I didn't know that. Uh, there was a difference, uh, but we had to go pass out tracks, and I grew up really shy, Jesse. I was so shy, the, probably the shyest person in the whole world. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say nothing. I'd just hold the track out and gave it out. And if somebody took it, fine. If they didn't, but people would take those tracks. And But I started going to church, and I'd bounce around from church to church to church. And I'm not saying this to fault churches, yeah. you know, but... Every church I went to would say it it takes a list of good deeds to go to yep. heaven. You got to do this, 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 this good deed, this good deed, this good deed, and you can't do that bad thing, that bad thing, that bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I was told you got to do a list of a hundred things to go to heaven, and and it confused me. I, I should have known the difference because my my dad and mom told me it's only by trusting Christ. But if you go to church and the and the pastor holds a Bible in his hand and tells you, hey. You, you, you want to believe him because you think he knows the truth. So he told me a thousand things preachers did that you have to do to be saved. Yeah. That God never said it took to be saved. It mm-hmm. only takes one thing, mm-hmm. faith in Christ. So I got really confused in my mind. And and doesn't the devil want you to do that? He wants yeah. you to get confused about what it takes to save you. I'll share this too to, to add to what you're saying. You know, you said you got saved, but you never really... I would say it'd be safe to say, I know you didn't say this, but I think it could summarize, like the growth was delayed. It was delayed, there's just, much delayed. Right, and there's there's a passage in Second Peter chapter 1, I think it's around verses like 5, 6, and 7, that talk about add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, all this stuff. <clears throat> and then there's a verse that gets to some people who have not added to their faith. They've forgotten that they were purged from their old sins. And that's what happened to me. I'd yes. forgotten. Yeah. I'd forgotten. Uh, it wasn't until I was 21 when I, my dad asked me to go pass out tracks. And I right. turned him down tons of times. I just mm-hmm. turned it because I was serving self. I didn't know yeah. anything about the importance of serving the Lord. And you were shy, too. And very shy. <laughs> very shy. And But it was when I was 21 and seeing those people walked up and down that street, and it dawned on me, a light bulb come on. Mm-hmm that it brought back a, a memory that back when I was 10 years old, I had trusted Christ. And I'm looking at people, and I still didn't understand the importance of the clarity of the gospel at that point. Yeah. But I looked at people, and I was like, 
these people are going to spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. And I went home and I was crying. I remember a 21-year-old young man on my, in my bed crying like a baby mm-hmm. and telling the Lord, Lord, I'm so sorry for living so selfishly yeah. and not even caring whether people go to heaven or hell. Yeah. And so, But I spent the next nine years, the next nine years, bounced around from church to church to church, uh, not knowing because preachers would tell you that you could lose your salvation. So when I sinned, I was like, did I lose my salvation? That's what you were hearing. That's what yeah, I was hearing. Everywhere yeah, I was hearing, I was hearing it took works to be saved and that you could lose your salvation. So I spent nine years, and I don't think that I led anybody to Christ because mm-hmm. I, I really didn't want people to go to hell. I wanted people to go to heaven. And uh, and I think a lot of times we, we try to uh, scare people out of hell too much instead of trying to loving people into heaven. Yeah. But I just didn't want people to go to hell. And but it wasn't until I was thirty years old that I walked into my dad had been listening to a man on the radio. Can I Ralph, guess who it is? Ralph Yankee Arnold. I, I wonder if anybody knows who that guy is. He was listening to him <laughs> on the radio, and my dad said, "Hey, uh, John, I know you've been bouncing around from church to church. Remember, my dad had been hurt by churches, right? And he said, "Why don't you go check out this church?" And so I did. Was it close to you? Is Northside close yeah, to Yeah, it was only like 15 minutes away. Isn't that and crazy I, how that works? All, but think about <laughs> it. I told Yankee nine years of my life right there that I, I knew there was something wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. Right. What it was was I didn't understand grace. Mm. I didn't understand what grace was and that that it, that works don't save you and that you can't lose your salvation. And so... When I walked in Northside, I was 30 years old, and he was preaching on, guess what? You can know that you have eternal life. And so my ears bent. I mean, if they if they could have literally done that, <laughs> they would, you know, David said, incline my ear to yeah. my statutes. You were I mean, tuned bending. in, man. I was tuned in, man. Yeah. I was all ears. I mean, I was like, you can know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. And he used a verse, 1 John 5, 13. I didn't even know that verse was in the Bible because that was a problem of mine. My brother got me to learn verses when I was a 10-year-old boy, but I didn't learn any after that. Right. I didn't have no, no body to influence me on growing or, yeah. or writing. Growing is very, very important. Exactly. It's vital to a Christian's success. you got to yeah. be growing. Yeah. So he was preaching on 1 John 5, 13, that you can, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know. Mm-hmm. Not hope, guess, think, but you may know that you have eternal life. And I'm like, wow. You can know you have eternal life. And then he preached on Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which I didn't know that verse was in the Bible. For by wow. grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Yeah. And he broke that verse down and explained grace means favor. The only way you can get God's favor that will save you is through faith. And it's not of works. Mm-hmm. And it's a free gift. And so it just made so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then he pulled out his wallet yeah, and explain the gospel that if I would trust Christ, I'd get the free gift of eternal life. Well, I'd already done that, but it had made so much sense to me. I didn't do it again. Yeah, yeah. But it just gave me assurance. Right. I knew that I had done the one thing God said yeah. that would save me into eternal life, placing my faith in Christ alone, what He did for me, not what I do, what mm-hmm. He did. And that day I walked away knowing I had eternal life, mm-hmm. and I was able to learn how to share the clear gospel with other people. And I started leading people to the Lord. Yeah. It was the most amazing thing. So you had, world. you got saved when you were 10. 
Mm-hmm. Get to 20 years later. You know, we'll just, just cut out the teenage years. You're growing yeah. and stuff. You got yeah. all this time. <laughs> all this time you're learning. <clears throat> you're getting stuff done. But then it, does, it, does, it doesn't happen until you have somebody that's teaching you the not, not only the gospel, the clarity of the gospel. Yeah. Like it's got to be clear because I'm teaching personal evangelism right now in the college. And I'm telling students, like, you know, people talk about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The modern church today, which is not the body of Christ, the whole contemporary music, church, worship stuff, mm-hmm. they say Jesus' name a lot. They talk about him a lot. But they don't make it clear how a person can understand they're going to heaven when they die. Right. And anytime they do have an opportunity like that, they absolutely miss the ball. I mean, they swing and miss. It's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. The list thing that you were talking about, you can go to churches and look at the back of their tracks and know where their pastor stands. Exactly. And and that's discouraging, but I want people to see how you had, you know, you put your faith in Christ when you were young. Mm-hmm. You had gone through all this time of no clear teaching, no opportunity to grow. You finally get a good grasp on what you have and how people can hear that the same mm-hmm. way that you heard it. Yeah. And then you start winning people to Christ. Yeah. What did your spiritual growth look like bef- be- between when you finally understood the details of the gospel so well that you could share it with people and you know before you decided to take another step to go to college? Can you tell us some uh, stories? It there? was a difference between night and day. Yeah. Because uh, if you're not clear on the gospel, nothing else will be clear in the in the scripture. That's if right. If you're off on the gospel, everything else is going to be muddy. Mm-hmm. And so once I got the gospel, the understood the clarity of the gospel, then scripture became alive to me. Mm-hmm. And so I began to study because that was one of my problems. I didn't know scripture like I should. And so I began to study, and I began to lead a lot of people to the Lord like never before. Mm-hmm. It was, like, amazing. And so um, I, I'll give you an example of somebody. I worked at a hospital in Athens, Georgia. I worked there 11 years. And um, there was this girl there, um, a teenage girl, and she had, they had brought her in suicidal, and she was cutting her wrist. And uh, I walked into the room, and I could tell this that this girl wasn't just trying to get attention. She was really, mm. I mean, she was very depressed, very down. And so I, I made it a point to be very kind to her. And I, I started the conversation, but I wasn't getting much back. But I really wanted to talk to her about how to go to heaven. Because mm. uh, if you don't know that, what purpose do you have in life? Yeah. If you don't even know the direction you're headed. Absolutely. And so uh, I began. I tried to, I asked her, I said, would you mind if I tell you how to go to heaven? And she said, I really don't want to hear that. So uh, I was still very kind to her. And I said, well, look, I said, if you need any food or any water, or well, if you need anything, if you'll just let me know, I'll try mm-hmm. to get that for you. And I was about to go out the door and close the door. And she said, well, she said, well, sir, uh, she said, I, I think I, you, you can go ahead. I, I, I'd like for you to talk to me about that. Nice. So I began to explain to her that we're all sinners and, and the payment for sin is death. And, and to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, but none of us are. And, and all the good deeds that we could ever do can never save us, can never be the right payment. It's not death. Going to church is not death. Reading your Bible is not death. Uh, changing your life is not death. So good deeds won't save you. But then I began to explain to her about the Savior, about what Jesus did. And I looked at her in her eyes, and I said, do you know you are so valuable to God? And I said, I know that, and you can know it because you got died for by Jesus Christ. And she just had tears. As soon as I said, you're so valuable to God, she had tears just rolling down her face. 
And uh, I explained to her that Christ paid for all of her sins and that he was buried and that he rose again and going to heaven was a free gift. And mm-hmm. heaven could be hers in this very hour if she would just simply place her faith in Christ. And I asked her, did she understand that? And she said, yes. I said, the Lord. well, what's the one thing you can do right now to know you have eternal life? She said, place my faith in Christ. Believe that he died for my sins. I said, that's right. Will you do that right now? She said, yes. And she said, she said, John, that was the, that's the answer for my, that's what I've been searching for my whole life. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was just amazing. But I've got story after story after story of people that I've led to Christ. But I always think, I'm thankful for this, Jesse. What if I hadn't met a man who understood the importance of being clear on the gospel? Yeah. What if there's a, God has put a lot of people in my life, I call them giants of the faith, who stood for the clarity of the gospel. And they went through a lot of trouble, a lot of persecution, a lot of personal attacks, mm-hmm. but they stood faithful to it. And if that if if men like that hadn't stood faithful, I would have never the gospel would have never got to me. Yeah. And so I'm thankful for that. But I started reading my Bible, uh, getting a good grip on Scripture, and I started uh, leading people to Christ. But I'd been at St. Mary's for 11 years, but there was something inside of me began gnawing inside of me, like I could do more for the Lord. There's more that I could do for the Lord. Because, look, there's nothing wrong with working a secular job, well, yeah. but it pulls on you. It pulls time out of mm-hmm. your out of your service for the Lord. It, t- it pulls. Uh, it, you can come home tired. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a pull on you when you could be doing focused on full-time ministry. So I, I, the Lord began to, just to work on me about going into full-time ministry, but there was a problem. I still knew that I lacked all the wisdom and understanding from God's Word that I needed to be really effective yeah. in full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, Proverbs says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. That's right. So the Lord began to work on me, and uh, I'd heard that uh, Pastor Yankee Arnold had started a Bible college here in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard all the stories about young people going to uh, Christian youth camps. And, and, and you were involved with, you know, youth work with uh, Freddie Coyle at uh, Grace Farm, right? Yes. Yeah, and that was that was something that was a big part of your life as big far as like your summers life. were. Yeah. But you're talking about the Christian camps, um, Florida Bible College, like in the 70s and yeah. the 60s and all that. Yeah. 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 But when I was growing up, for most of my life, I didn't have Christian youth camps. Mm-mm. I didn't have a good solid church to go to. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot. Uh, I didn't have a good foundation of truth yeah. in my life. And so I, I was kind of, I call myself a late bloomer because I didn't understand the clarity of the gospel until I was 30. I didn't start mm-hmm. leading people to the Lord until I was in my 30s. And uh, I, I didn't know about Bible college. I'd never been to one. And, but the Lord began to work on me. John, if you're going to be effective in ministry, you've got to have a good working knowledge of Scripture. Amen. And so, but Jesse, I was scared to death. I really was to leave St. Mary's mm-hmm. Hospital in Athens, Georgia. There's my retirement. There's, Security. There's my like, paycheck. Yeah. What am I going to do if I just leave? Here I am a little, I was still a pretty shy person then. And uh, leaving my job and everything and coming down here to Florida, where I hardly knew anybody, mm-hmm. didn't have a job, and I didn't know, I just didn't know if God could take care of me, and I was scared. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I sat on that two years. But then I got to thinking, well, if God can save me from hell, can't God take care of me? Yeah. Everything else in my life. If he can take care of the biggest problem I would ever face going to hell, if he could take care of that, then I think he can take care of everything else. And finally I said, and another thing I thought, how can I ever be in a pulpit uh, teaching and preaching God's word and tell people you can trust the Lord for everything, for he gets you through whatever storms, trials, problems you face. You can trust him. He'll walk you through it. How can I do that if I can't even do it? Hmm. And so yeah. <laughs> it, it just worked on me, and I was like, by the grace of God, if He, it, since Christ died for me, I think this is the least I could do, not to earn my way to heaven, because you yeah. can't, but I just, as, as a way to thank Him, I'm like, let's just see what God can do in my life mm-hmm. if I got a good working knowledge of the Bible. Yeah. And so I came down here and visited, and I knew that uh, all the instructors down here had... Uh, had been in ministry for years and years and years, faithful in the ministry. They had a good working knowledge of the Bible. And I was like, I'm doing it. And I came down here, and it's opened up tons of doors for me. Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest doors that's open for you really is refined opportunities that maybe wouldn't have come if you if you didn't go to college. And, yeah. and people are on the fence with stuff like this because it is a financial commitment, and, and I get that, but... What what I, what I like to talk about with you know graduates like you mm-hmm. and Trent, Justin, Tyler, all of us who who've graduated before, I like to remind everybody like we didn't follow the teachings of a man. Exactly. See, this is this is what is different, even from you know other Bible colleges. Like I think you know the Masters University with John MacArthur. Well, mm-hmm. those are just little MacArthurites running around, like just. Right doing what MacArthur says to be done. Right. And that can happen in church too. You build a ministry to a man. Mm-hmm. There's going to come a point where it's like, well, pastor, let's just say pastor Smith, you, what do you think we should do? Well, you guys do this and this and this because I do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And now you have a bunch of Smithites running around and they're just repeating what he says. Exactly. What makes Florida Bible College here in Tampa and Calvary Community Church and mm-hmm. Northside Church at, in, in Athens, what makes those ministries different is when the, when the question is asked by a congregant, what should I do? We open the Bible. We say, let's see what the Bible says. Exactly. Now I'm going to do what the Bible says, and I want to encourage you to do what the Bible says. Mm. But I think there's a lot of hypocrisy in a lot of churches. So we were just talking before we turned on the cameras. Um, uh, not, not hypocrisy in churches, although that's true, but the point mm-hmm. I want to make is in colleges, because you have professors that some of them believe you can lose your salvation. Others believe that God has already predestined those who are saved and those who are mm-hmm. lost. So it doesn't matter. We're just running out of simulation. And there's others who even say openly, the Bible is not the word of God. Like we, we cannot trust it as a completed record. Mm-hmm. So you take a young man or a young woman, you put them in an environment like that. What is it going to produce? Mm-hmm. People that think you can lose your salvation. People think that God pre, you know, determined who saved the lost. And people who look at the Bible and say, I can't even believe that that's God's word. Exactly. What foundation you know, are we are we building off of there? The foundation in 1 Corinthians 3.11 says it's Christ. Exactly. But the building material that comes with that, sure, kids might get saved and they go to college. They say saved, but they do not add to their faith those things that need to be added. But when you made the decision to come to college, I mean, I like how it was a a difficult decision for you because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people say, well, if it's not difficult, it's not worth doing. And 
you know, that's kind of true in, in some things. But I think definitely when you're thinking about taking a step of, of additional training or service to the Lord, God would not ask us to trust him if there wasn't a reason for us to trust him. So mm-hmm. there, it's it, I look at it as like the uh, father and son connection. You know, dad has ridden a bike. He knows how to ride a bike. But little son, he don't know. He looks at that bike and he sees a weapon of mass destruction. You know, exactly. he's like, he's like, but if he trusts his father's instruction mm. and he follows his dad and he listens to his instruction and properly applies it, he's going to be able to ride that bike just like his dad can. And two, we don't determine truth by what we believe. Yeah. You find out what the truth is and you believe that. Mm-hmm. And Paul said, take this as it is in truth, the word of God and not the word of God man absolutely so we have to go by what thus saith the lord what thus saith the scriptures because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what thus saith pastor john right it matters what does is what i'm saying lining up with god's word if it's not then we take the word of god yes over anything a man says remember one time i was talking to pastor tom Kakuza, <clears throat> and i think it was either on a phone call or maybe it was in a text message but mm-hmm. i had said something 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 the word of God is the final authority. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. the final authority. And he corrected me to an extent and mm-hmm. said, no, it's the only source of authority. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, and that's, that's true because I think what can happen with a lot of young believers, especially believers that are kind of isolated. And I, I know a lot of this is true of our audience because I get emails routinely. Do you know a ministry in Oregon? Do you know a ministry in Arizona? Do you know a ministry in Tennessee? All these different things. And sadly, I'll go and look and you ain't going to find nothing. Mm-hmm. So I know that it's it's hard for people. But the point is, when, when it comes to that being difficult, you've got to learn how to trust the Lord and know that what his word has already said, that is our authority. If God said it, that settles it. That's exactly. not just a cliche. Mm-hmm. I mean, at um, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For all of those areas. Yeah. And it's going to lead to a man being completed, you exactly. know, perfected and mature. Yeah. But I think what can happen is if we don't learn to trust the Lord, we just, we create this version of God in our head that's really, we're not serving God's will. We're serving our will and calling it his will. Exactly. And I think, I think it would be safe to say you were at a point where you had thought about this enough. You know, the school started in 2013. That's when mm-hmm. it was initiated. Yeah. And you came in 2016, 15. 15? Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, within those two years, would it be safe to say you were wrestling with John Hembry's will and God's will? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. How did that, what, what was the determining factor to say, I'm going to go do this? Was it a conversation? Did you find out someone was praying for you? I just, I wanted to be used by God. I really, I hungered, I thirsted. I just hate to know I lived my whole Christian life and could have been greatly used by God and wasn't. And I knew to be greatly used by God, you got to know the Word of God. Mm -hmm. God works through His Word. And and I I knew I needed that. And I I knew that uh, Florida Bible College of Tampa would give me that. And I'm so thankful. I wouldn't have traded that time. Man, I've never studied so much in my life. But, you know, it was worth it. And you don't, yeah. and a lot of times you don't see the value of it until you've gone through it. Yeah. And when I came out of Bible college, those three years here in, at Florida Bible College of Tampa, I had learned so much that I didn't even realize I had learned. Yeah. And so. Until you start 
applying what you're you learning. Start applying yeah. what you learn. And I, it gave. I, now I'm the associate pastor of Northside. Would I have ever been that? It could have been, but probably not. Would you have been as equipped? I would never have been as equipped. Yeah. I'd never taught a, 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 a book of the Bible through verse by verse, and now I've taught the book of Hebrews. Mm. Think about it, the book of Hebrews. If you ever, ever told me, one day you'll be teaching the book of Hebrews verse by verse, rightly dividing the word of truth, I would have said, no way, Jose. Mm -hmm. But I've done it, and, it's, and I've learned so much, and people have come and said, hey, that was so good. I've learned so much that I didn't even know Hebrews was about that. Mm -hmm. And so, and now I'm teaching the book of First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians verse by verse through. Yeah, it's just opened up so many doors. Being associate pastor, I've got to work with uh, Pastor Freddie Cole. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a, a separate ministry of his, uh, Focus Evangelistic Ministries. He has a a, a youth. Uh, center that he calls Grace Farm. And, oh yeah, beautiful. And now I now I teach. He he started a, a gap year up there uh, called the Grace for Life Institute, and I teach out there. And so, uh, just so many opportunities the Lord has opened up for me, like uh, going to Land Lakes uh, this Wednesday. Yeah, First with, Baptist with, Church Land First Lakes. Baptist Church Land Lakes with da uh, Pastor Dave Peterson. Would I've ever been able to? To been able to preach there if I hadn't gone to Florida Bible College of Tampa, I don't think so, mm. because people now know that they're clear on Scripture. They're yeah. clear on the gospel. Yeah. They're not going to get up there and say something that God didn't say. Right. We preach what thus saith the Lord. Amen. So, you were able to go to Trinidad. Able to go to as Trinidad, a result of that. Able to go to Trinidad. And I think some people will hear that and go, "Oh, look at this! This is travel opportunities. This is all that." Mm -mm. Is it safe to say you didn't go to Trinidad for the, you know, food, for the environment, no. for the for the sightseeing? You went to Trinidad to win souls. Win souls. Uh, that's that's what I think. When I look at Yankee and Dr. Lindstrom, specifically those two people, because mm -hmm. they had a lot of opportunity to travel and go to Israel several yeah. times. You and I are going to be able to go here pretty soon. I I see men like that, and I don't see rich, wealthy. Uh, you know, getting all the pictures and doing all the excursions, so to speak. Every time those men have gone over there, it's for the purpose to win somebody to Christ. And I believe if it's God's will that he wants everybody saved, mm -hmm. and you are put in a position to lead somebody to Christ, and they put their faith in Christ, you have, like, God has used you to bring about his will. And that's that's an important thing, whether it's in Tampa or Athens or Jerusalem exactly. or a Tel Aviv airport yeah. or, you know, Maracas Bay in Trinidad. All that stuff is for a purpose. And, and see what I see in you and why I want to make sure that we get you interviewed and we talk about these things because mm -hmm. I want our audience to know there are, there are decisions that you have yet to make mm -hmm. that will impact you greatly in your yeah. effectiveness. It's all about being effective. Dr. Arnold um, and Dr. Lindstrom would teach in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. lost. There are two functions of the devil. For, for every human's life. And it changes once and only changes once. The details yeah. may change, yeah. but the main goal changes. The first goal is keep them lost. Amen. Oh, we're so not going to try to make them a Satanist. We're going to try to keep them keep Catholic. Them yeah. We want to keep them Lutheran. Yeah. We want to keep them Mormon. Keep them looking to themselves. We want Jesus hidden. Mm. And when they put their faith in Christ, the hostility increases now and the goal changes. I want to keep them ineffective. Yeah, I want to keep them, you know, they're saved and, and they can do a little bit, but 
I don't want them to grow in their knowledge. And I want to ruin them through testimony. I want to ruin them through their sin that they're not, you know, getting right with the Lord about. Or I want to expose the, a problem in their fellowship with mm. the Lord. When a person begins to make the difficult decisions, the decisions that, for example, you said about St. Mary's, mm -hmm. that's your retirement. You know, it's like I could stay at St. Mary's. You were there for eleven years at the time. Eleven years. You put in twenty more years. Probably going to get, you know, a, a little little severance package or whatever, or mm -hmm. and a pension, or I don't know. I don't know how all that works. And you've got security. You'll be comfortable and all that. Mm -hmm. Or you can trust God, who is the author of security. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you want to talk about security? Yeah, He's yeah. given us eternal life. Yeah. And we have an opportunity to trust Him. But there's a whole world system. Even the way that you and I were raised, mm. you got to provide for your family. You got to take care of yourself. You don't want to have no money in the bank, blah, blah, blah. And that can get in the way because then we look at God and we say, I got to provide for my family. Mm. I got to have security. I, I got to have money in the bank. And he says, go, just, just do what I say to do. And I think yeah. of uh, Moses mm. when he said, but my lip and my tongue and yeah, I'm not yeah. going to speak. Yeah. And God just said very clearly, okay, Moses, you know, that's fine. I'll find somebody else. No, he said, who made your mouth? That's right. Who made, uh, who, was it not I? Mm -hmm. That is a very impactful approach to how we should look at taking those leaps of faith, that, that next step. Mm -hmm. And would you say that you're, you're better for it? I mean, you sp it was three years and it's 2023 now. So yeah, almost what, eight years yeah. since then. Would you say it's so, been worth it? Oh, it's, it's, it was worth it. It was worth the trip. It was worth the adventure. It was worth it. So much so. Yeah, and I think I think it's going to be a big part of your future going forward. You know, and our, and our, and our education doesn't stop. Exactly. Know? And you know, I, I'd wondered, is God going to provide for my needs? Mm. God honored that decision that I made to leave. I had a good good job, good paying job, good retirement. I could have been just saved and satisfied and just wait till I go to heaven. But mm -hmm. I just knew God wanted more for my life. Yeah. And God has honored that decision, Jesse, a thousand times over. And he showed it to me time and time and time and time again. And yeah. he's, he's met my needs. He's faithful. He's right. fa God, will, God is faithful to bless those who will trust him. Yeah. James 1 says that he gives to men liberally. Mm. That there, that there, that there is no end to his supply of grace and mercy. Lamentations, his compassions fail not; they're mm. they're new every morning for us. Greatest thy faithfulness. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people need to hear it; they need to see it. And I, I yeah. don't. I mean, you know, faith is the substance of things not seen, and that is yeah. true. So we have to be careful by you know not putting limitations on God. But I also think that God is patient and He's kind. Yeah, yeah. He's not merciless. You know, He mm -hmm. He is He is the perfect loving Father. So I think your testimony may be that loving but stern encouragement for somebody yeah. who's not trusting the Lord with something they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I tell people this all, not all the time, but I do tell people when they ask about not having a clear church and stuff, I ask them to pray. Exactly. Is it maybe a burden that's being placed on you to make that clear church that you can't find? Mm. Sometimes in America, we have this idea of like, well, you know, I can choose where I go to eat. I can choose where I go to shop. Mm -hmm. I can choose where I go to church. And all three of those things should be customizable. If yeah. I want a church that does this and doesn't do yeah. that, I can find it. You probably could. Yeah. But maybe you are supposed to be the person who makes that ministry for somebody else. Because you know what exactly. people are looking for? They go to church every Sunday. 
they're looking for the truth still. Yeah. They still can't find the truth. And how many people do you talk to, even people that go to church, mm -hmm. that don't know they're going to heaven? Mm-hmm. Why is it? Why, why do we have so many churches on every corner, but you ask them, if you, were to die, if, if you were to die right now and stand before God and God was to say, why should I let you enter, you enter into my perfect heaven, what would your one answer be? And they, they don't know the correct answer. They don't mm -hmm. know it's by because I've trusted in Christ. They'll give you everything under the sun. Well, I'm a good person. I try to live right. I read my Bible. I, I'm a member at X, I'm Y, and Z. I'm a member at this church. Yeah. But they don't understand that it's only by faith in Christ. Why is that? Yeah. The, so if there's a clear church that says the way to have eternal life is by trusting Christ, then why aren't you in that church? Yeah. And if there's a and and it goes beyond that, you, there is a lot of sound doctrine, uh, truth that you need to learn because I've got a life to live, Jesse. Yeah. F from the moment I trusted Christ till the time I die or go up in the rapture, that's called the Christian life. Mm -hmm. God's going to hold me accountable for what I did with my time. And my decisions there. Well, don't I want it to be based upon truth, mm -hmm. sound doctrine? And that's why I went to Florida Bible College down because I, I wanted truth in my life. Because how do you live? How do you? I was telling young people last night at the Tampa Youth Ranch good choices have good consequences. But how do you know how to make good choices? Are you really that smart that you can figure it out all on your own? No, we need God's Word. Amen. We need God's Word shows us what good choices are and what bad choices are. And if we'll make good choices, God will bless us now and reward us later. But if we make bad choices, there's negative consequences. We can't lose our salvation, but we can have a wasted life. Mm -hmm. and we can have a life full of regret and bad decisions, but it need not be that way. That's right. So We can avoid all of that. We can avoid it. We can avoid all that. Yeah. Well, how can people pray for you? It's, you know, that we're recording this in January of 2023. I'm sure it'll post afterwards. But mm -hmm. are there things that you're in need of prayer for that maybe we can? One thing, a lot of things. First and foremost, if you're a fisher of men, and I am, I, I try to lead people to the Lord everywhere I go. I try to reach the lost. But I also try to reach saved people who are in error, mm -hmm. that, that are, have strayed from the truth and they're in error. So I try to do that. And if you try to do those two things, reach the loss and train the saved how to effectively walk with God, you're going to have a target on your back. Yeah. Satan hates me. He just hates me. And it, the, he, he will put you under spiritual attack. Mm -hmm. So I tell everybody, the best thing you can do for me is pray for me. Yeah. Pray for Pastor John. Because the devil would love just to get you sidetracked and distracted and whatever. He'll use any means necessary to get a fisher of men to stop reaching the lost with the gospel. Yeah. And that he'll use any means necessary to try to get uh, you from investing in a saved man's life to edify them, build them up, and to prevent them from going in error. He will attack you. So I would ask prayers for that. I'd ask prayers for uh, that I'd always rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. That I don't give my opinion or this is cause I, it's true because of what I because I believe it. No, yeah. I, I want to give study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly divided. And I always ask the Lord, Lord, if I'm if I'm if I'm uh, declaring or teaching or preaching Your Word, if it's not right, I want You to reveal it to me. Oh yeah, because it's not worth being wrong. 
Search me, O Lord. Search me, O Lord. Show, try my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way of lead, life everlasting. Exactly. So, it's, it, you know, what you say about that too, about, you know, for pastors, we're both pastors and we're, I mean, I'm run, we're running a question and answer ministry here on, on the Bible line and it can be very easy to say, I believe, I believe, I believe, which mm-hmm. is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I remember Dr. Phil Myers telling me one time, he's like, I want you to consider instead of saying, I believe, be confident enough in the scripture that you can say the Bible says. The Bible says, yeah. And that's like, I like that. And we do need, we need to know what we believe, why we believe it, and be able to explain it to others. Mm-hmm. But it's all got to be based upon the truth of God's word. And if it's yep. not, it's sinking sand. So we'll have the audience, you know, pray for your strength as you Absolutely. continue to, yeah. you know, be a fisher of men and for your encouragement, mm. for protection against, you know, any kind of spiritual wickedness that may in- yeah. influence how you're understanding God's word. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as always, John, I'm looking forward to having you um, speak at church here in a couple of couple of days. I'm excited. But um, it's good to see you. I, I pray for you one other thing, too. Yeah. You have that UGA disease, you know, the University <laughs> of Georgia in Athens disease. Yeah. That I don't know if that's ever curable. I'm a salty Florida fan, so I know. I think you know, y'all, I we think... haven't been relevant since like Tim Tebow yeah. in 06 and 08. Y'all, y'all Gators need to get that Georgia Bulldog disease, it looks like, because yeah. it got us two national championships. I'm going right? to say this, too, and I'm, I'm sure this will be clipped. <laughs> but it's like Florida Bible College of Tampa. I think I'm one of the only graduates that was actually from Florida. Every one of y'all is from Georgia. Uh-huh. What does that have to say about Florida? So now I have I have a goal here. I'm going to go start Georgia Bible College, and we're going to have nothing but Floridians there. And then y'all will be – it'll be so much better. Hey, Jesse. You'll enjoy it. Jesse, I would like to say this, though. I'm so glad in Florida Bible College of Tampa mm-hmm. that I had other young men like you and Trent – Tyler, just that we're hungry yeah. for the Word of God. I'm so thankful God surrounded me uh, with good, godly, hungry men. We encourage each other. Encourage each other. You go to class, you're not the only one. And I didn't take, I regret not taking the time to build relationships because I was, man, I was, I was, I came for one purpose. I wanted to get a good handle on the Word of God. I, I was just mm. into my, y'all know that. But I'm thankful that y'all loved Y'all loved, and I've still got great relationships now with y'all. Oh, it's yeah. It's just precious. The people you meet in Bible college and in clear ministries, oh, it's worth its, it's weight in gold. I, I compare it to it this way as we'll, we'll wrap this up, but I really do believe the fellowship between like-minded believers here on oh. earth is a taste of fellowship in heaven. Yes. Because the fellowship that we enjoy is so much deeper than the surface level we like the same team. Mm-hmm. We like the same color. We're from the same place, whatever. Or if it's like we've been through the same tragedies, whatever mm-hmm. it is, those relationships can run deep. But the connection between a brother and a brother or a brother and sister in Christ is that we are in Christ. Yeah. And that one day we're going to be able to serve the Lord together forever without the presence of a sin nature. And we got the same purpose yes. to reach the lost and to train the saved. All right. How to effectively walk with the Lord. Well, great stuff, John. I appreciate your time, and uh, make sure that uh, we get you back on here at some point and give us okay. an update. Man, maybe okay. you'll be a Florida fan next time. I don't think so. Yeah, probably not <laughs> likely. All right, that's it for Bible Line. Make sure you uh, subscribe, hit the notification bell, send us emails, questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. Also, to like, comment, and share this video. Uh, I think this is going to help a lot of people. If you're thinking about Florida Bible College at Tampa, we'll put something in the description here that you can start some free classes. We'll give you 10 free classes 
to personal evangelism. Keep looking up. Jesus Christ is coming soon. God bless. If you enjoyed today's episode of Bible Line, make sure to subscribe to the channel and share this video with a friend. Do you have a Bible question? Send us an email, questions at BibleLineMinistries.org, and we'll do our best to get you an answer. Or you can leave your question in the comments of this video. Be sure to check the links in the description for more clear Bible teaching. Bible Line is a ministry of Calvary Community Church located in Tampa, Florida.